Recording. Okay, welcome to the podcast. Episode one, season one. Toby is pouring some libation. 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 It's called. That's a, a, another word for drink. That's how they call it, call it in Shakespeare's time. Interesting. Post. What do they say in Shakespeare time? How come you have twice as much as I do? Because you said a small one, oh. and I need to understand the tasting notes. <laughs> so are you going to talk? Or are the guests just going to listen to you, Jinx God? You just gave me a drink. Sorry. Okay, today we're going to talk about... Um, Shakespeare's Hamlet. So my premise is that all of Shakespeare's plays are comedies, and I'm going to explain to you why I think Hamlet is the biggest one. As in the most comedic. The most important one, and also the most um, polit- political one. So in that you mean, of all of Shakespeare's tragedies, Hamlet is the least... It's the tra- <laughs> least least tragic of it's the tragedies. The least, it's it's the most tragic for the main character. So the fun thing about Shakespeare is that, for some reason, we think that when we go to see a tragedy, the tragedy is supposed to be our tragedy. We identify with the main character, but in in Shakespeare's time, the tragedy was Hamlet's Hamlet's tragedy and our. And it was gonna. It was going to be our, um, our fun, so to speak. Okay, but isn't it normal to identify with the main character? Is good. that not the point of the protagonist? That's a very good question, Toby. And I <laughs> you sound surprised. <laughs> I almost. I almost. Um, I'm in university, so. Yeah, that's right. You're <laughs> twice as smart as I am. No, the reason uh, why I'm saying that is that we do um, nowadays identify with our main characters, even um, in athletics or on television or in movies. But back in Shakespeare's days, no such thing uh, existed. Identification didn't even exist. A consciousness did not exist. Uh, the individual did not even did not even exist. So the idea of 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 mesh, um, imaging yourself at someone else did not exist. People were very clear, aware of the fact that the king is the king, and you will never be the king. The nobleman is the nobleman, and you will never be the nobleman. If you're a worker, you are a worker. You were born a worker, and you will die a worker. So, the reason why people went to see plays was to have first of all, but first of all, to have fun, but to actually laugh, laugh at the upper classes. Well, I think that's an interesting place to start because um, I was discussing this little podcast idea with a few of my friends and one of my friends was very confused as to the importance of even understanding Shakespeare. What's the point? As in, why are you even reading Hamlet again? You read it in high school. You're now reading it during your quarantine at two in the morning. Like, what's the point? And my initial response was, to understand the history, but also to understand the relevance to modern storytelling that we gain from Shakespeare. But I think you're taking more of a historical approach in, un- in that you're understanding the, the time period. No, the, the point is that... Um, so this podcast is called um, Brainwash, right? 
So the reason it's called brainwash is because I, my plan is to uh, wash the listener's brain and uh, clean, clean off all their uh, inhibitions and presumptions. So um, Shakespeare, to me, is uh, one giant misconception. And it's important because we are all programmed and we are programmed with language and language is, is what Shakespeare created. So the, the, the reality he has um, brought us is uh, of essence to our, our being as a human, as, a, as an individual. So we are programmed to learn about you are, I was not, but most people who are listening to this were programmed to, to speak and listen, uh, speak and, and, and write uh, English and uh, Influence, influence of that language is uh, very significant on the culture, on how we live. So modern day uh, Darwinistic capitalistic culture is a direct result of the English um, Anglo-Saxon uh, culture. So it's important to go back to Shakespeare because that's the root. I'm not going to say the root of all evil, but it's the root of, of, of uh, what our culture has, has grown into. So to if we can we can disarm Shakespeare so to speak we can we can hopefully get people to think more creatively over over the life we are leading now. So that's the that's, <laughs> that's the idea behind it. Sure. So in understanding Shakespeare, you understand some of the conventions of modern no culture. If you can, if you're able to see an alternative uh, interpretation and you understand it. It helps you think more critically about, for instance, about the, the market economy we live in now. How did we come to live in a country where everybody kind of wants to be living like a king or a queen? If you think about it, if you look, think about what people want nowadays, they all want a house with a driveway with their own car. Uh, they want... Uh, basically the same lifestyle kings had many many years ago they want to be taken care of they want to be able to to walk into a house with a monumental entrance um, they want to have their own carriage um, so it's 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 there's a few elements in there that st still are still prevalent today um, and those Elements are what I said being programmed into us not only through Shakespeare but also through fairy tales, through the Bible, all of which are 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 stories about kings, queens, upper classes, and so we identify with all these upper classes, and we think in a way in ourselves that we actually are upper classes, which we are, which is a fantasy because there is no such thing as an upper class. That's that's, an, uh, that's bullshit. We have to get rid of that. Sure. All right. So go back to go back to to back to, go back to Hamlet. So the reason why I think Hamlet is the biggest comedy is that one of the major elements of the play is never being addressed in any uh, Anglo-Saxon performance, and that's the fact that the play takes place in Elsinore. So Elsinore is an uh, island um, uh, in Denmark, and um, Elsinore is is right on that spot where. Denmark and Sweden are the closest, in the closest vicinity. The people who lived in that castle um, had built a luscious, ginormous um, palace for themselves based on the revenue generated by extracting tolls from traffic sailing by. 
uh, going from Europe to the Baltic or vice versa. So all these trading nations in the North, Northern Sea, uh, North Sea, uh, England, uh, Belgium, France, Netherlands, Denmark, all their shipping um, had to pay tolls going through the Sand and going back. Um, there's actually an archive, you can look it up. Uh, the archive shows you that uh, it's a registration of all the ships that went through since the 1500s up until the 1850s or so when they stopped doing that. So you can actually see who went through the Sand during Shakespeare's time, what the name of the captain was, what his freight was, what the uh, size of the ship was, how much toll they paid. These were the billionaires of those days. So the people did not like these people. They were basically uh, mobsters trying to extract people from innocent travelers. That's what they, how they were considered. Um, funny thing was they did build a, a, a ginormous castle based on, on the money they made from the toll. So there's no way people uh, were looking up to these people. And there was no way people admired these, um, these uh, in those days, uh, they would be the, the billionaires of the day, so to speak. The, the, the top 0.1% ters. Um, so imagine people in England, and again, so we, we're talking about London in, in the late uh, 1500s, early 1600s. It was, it was a fairly insignificant small town. There was a lot of talk and gossip going around. So every time a ship came back from, from the Baltic, that that was the talk of the town. And they were like, oh, this scooters this time, how much did this scooters this, blah, blah, blah. In addition, um, Hamlet, uh, the name is derived from a, uh, from a Nordic uh, uh, um, a folklore um, character um, called Hamlet, without an H, Hamlet. He was a, a trickster, a doofus, so a, goof, a goofball, so to speak. So he was already a, a, a person to make fun of. And so what Shakespeare did, basically, he... He, what he he's actually a big bully if you think about it. He puts he puts Hamlet out on a stick for the audience to see, and they are just having their fun with him. So every and everybody in the play is in on the game. So the, when you see this, the the the, the when the when the play starts, the first scene is um, on a platform in front of the in front of the castle. Um, which means that they are actually overlooking the sand and they're overlooking the, to see if there's any ships going by. There's nothing that has nothing to do with guarding the castle because you guard the castle from inside the castle, not from outside. The outside reason is because they then, then they can send in the, 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 the tenders to pick up the, pick up the money. Um, and these guys, um, Horatio and uh, Brabantio, those are the first two characters you see, they are in it. And so they already are. Um, they already are in the in 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 the in the scheme Shakespeare set up to to make Hamlet's life miserable. Are you still with me? Yeah, I'm listening. I just think. Um, well, first of all, you're saying it's based on the whole audience also being in on the joke, but then you say yeah. something like, "There are you know." In the text, it says they're guarding the castle. It says... Um, in the opening scene, we open on Horatio and... It says, Elsinore, a platform before the castle. Yeah. So that's one to assume, I guess. But you're saying no one from this time period would assume they're guarding the castle. Because you guard the castle from the inside. No. And, that, and that's common. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is that if nowadays, if people perform Hamlet, they assume that they are guarding the castle. Yeah. They assume that these people 
servants of the king and servants of Hamlet. Sure. But what I'm trying to say is that Bernardo and Francisco were already in on the joke against Hamlet. Mm. So they... Because it doesn't make any sense. These were supposed to be his, his college bodies. Why would they be uh, standing guard outside the palace? <laughs> yeah, doesn't make any, that then, doesn't make any sense. And it's Horatio as well, right? And he's meant to be like... Oh, he, he comes up later. So he can, Clever. Yeah. Horatio, scholarly. Horatio and Marcellus come in later. And just they, like uh, your son. Yeah. Just like my son, who was also in, in, in the Wittenberg of, of, uh, of Europe, so to speak. Anyway, so they, they, I think these guys, you should imagine these guys are just jokey college tough guys. <clears throat> just dicking around. Dicking around, yeah, yeah, exactly. But the reason why we are looking at, at the text differently nowadays is because we think, they are, we think these are ancient texts. So we, have, we give the text reference, just like we give reverence to, to Aristotle and, uh, and Aeschylus and, 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 um, and Homer. We place them on a pedestal of almost pretentious levels. Exactly. Homer was also, I mean, it's another story, but Homer was, you can also look at Homer as a, as a, as a, as a comedy. Okay. But that's what makes Shakespeare unattractive to a lot of people, is that pretentious um, aura. Exactly. That's what, uh, yeah, that's, and that's why I don't like to watch Shakespeare, because it's, it's pretentious, it's, it's self-indulgent, it's, it's elitist. Self-congratulatory. Self-congratulatory. It's the, um, and it, I mean, I hate to say this as a non-English speaker, I think the, uh, the English have to have used people like Shakespeare to, to express their own superiority over, <laughs> over, over the rest of the world, because they, that's, I mean, they were the first Nazis, so to speak. They were the first Nazis. Well, not in that. They were not Nazis. In, well, they did invent uh, concentration camps and and uh, and um, and the idea of the Ubermensch. Look at Darwin. He he created his own. Tried to by breeding, he tried to create superhuman beings. Remember when he was um, yeah. trying to set up his clan and uh, his family? Selective. Uh, selective breeding. breeding. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think. I think most. Uh, common people understand the the insanity of the British Empire. The sun never set on the British Empire, so clearly they did a lot of uh, conquering. Um, but back to the sh- back to the play. So scene one, we're introduced to this ghost-like figure that is meant to be the king. Ah, uh-uh. it doesn't say anything about uh, who it is. It's no, no, but we've later f- come to assume who it is I because. Guess. We have we we have constructed his own story, but so if you have um, you know Fortinbras is right. Yeah, the other king. All right, so imagine that Fortinbras came up uh, dressed up as a ghost. Yeah. How would that change the play? Um, well, he would. I guess the role of the king is to motivate Hamlet in the play, correct? In, that's, what you, that's what you learn. That's what you learn in high school. High school, yeah. What do they know? You know. I know, but I'm just. <laughs> hey, I'm giving my. Hey, sir. This yeah. is my interpretation. That's true. You're being pro- subjective. Yeah. You've been brainwashed. This is what the YouTube videos I watched last night explained to me. Oh really? <laughs> no, no, no. I like that's, uh, kind of how the that ghost is, um, kind of interpreted now. Is it's the ghost of King Hamlet, senior? I mm-hmm. guess you would say. And he sends young Hamlet on this goal to, like, avenge the death of his dying father. Whereas, and where Fortinbras comes into play is Hamlet, when he runs into Fortinbras, has that moment of realization 
of seeing young Fortin Ross fight for his country uh, when they're going to Poland. We're in Act 3 now. Oh, sorry. So essentially, the parallel between Fortin Ross and Hamlet is Hamlet is failing his father's wishes for most of the play. He's not avenging his father. He's just, he's not doing anything. And Fortin Ross is actually avenging his father, is essentially the parallel that I drew between those characters. Fortin Ross is a soldier, whereas Hamlet does nothing and gets banished to England, quote unquote. Ah. That was my interpretation. So I would imagine if King Fortin Ross was really the ghost at the beginning, um, then, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think Hamlet's motivation would be much different. No, he's, he no no or the same actually. It's from him, Hamlet. It's the same. He can still believe it's his dad. Yeah, but if the audience knows it's Fortinbras, if Fortinbras mm. was Fortinbras, okay. no, I see what you're saying. Fortinbras speaks on behalf of us. He speaks on behalf of Europe. Everybody wants to get rid of the Danes. Okay, <laughs> it's true. In this, p- no no in this in this society. <laughs> not, not in 2020. <laughs> not, no. <laughs> in 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 the fift- late 1500s, everybody was like. They've tried many, many times to get rid of them because they, but they, they, because they're, they're so strategically uh, positioned that it's hard to conquer that little island. Mm. So, um, and they also built a ridiculous fortified castle. Yeah, the and Germans wanted Denmark. And they had the latest technology. So the reason why that, my guess, the reason why they started doing this, in, it was in the 1550s, 60s, around that time, was they, that was the time when they had guns who could actually shoot precisely and mm. and hit the ships who were uh, who hit moving targets because before that the guns they were just just used to pound city walls but now they could actually shoot precise projectiles projectiles yeah. precisely okay. at a ship you're off topic but well it's a, it's it's, yeah, important. I understand. it's important i think i get your point though because now fordenbrass who's king of norway just to clarify if someone hasn't read since high school um if he's the ghost at the beginning if we're going to make that assumption then it does change the whole show because then he without giving any way spoilers he gets what he wants at the end of the exactly we want to get rid of the danes so yeah. he what he wants is so he, i can imagine him showing up pretending to be the ghost and him with the second doofus so but he, he's dead who king fortinbras no no the younger one. Oh, you mean young oh the younger one so you think it's not a ghost at all no, of course not. No, but he's but at other points in the show, Hamlet sees the ghost, and he's the only one that can see it. Yeah, For and that's, example, I, that's that, at that point he's just patch it insane. No, but that's 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 a good point because the uh, if you look at the uh, the I'm critics, fucking holes in your theory. Or no, so. no, no. If you look at the critics, that they have been wondering about that too because there's no point in him being there. But I think it's if it's if you look at it from a comedic point of view and you see him putting brass dress up a goat and, and everybody's like <gasps> and then the audience is gonna be it's like it's like i mean i'm sure they were like like f- crying from laughter because it must yeah. be the funniest thing ever yeah i guess but early but for to open up to open the play with how funny is that because we don't know who fortin brass is we don't know any of these things right of course we do well how the first of all, the I'm an audience member. It's scene one act. It's act not scene. okay. Okay, you know what? The the reveal could come later when you see the actor playing normal Fortinbras, and then you'd be like, "Oh, okay, he was fucking around." The whole thing with with in um, terms of comedic. Uh, uh, first of all, they 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 um, and this is all speculation. But I I mm-hmm. uh, there are not that many ghosts in Shakespeare's plays. There's but this, there are like creatures. Well, yeah, they're fantasy Midsummer creatures. Night's Dream. Yeah, yeah, but there's no... There's only, I think there's only one other go- uh, ghost that's in uh, in Macbeth. 
Yeah. And so we'll get to that, to that at some other point. But in this case, the the idea of a um, he, the, the ghosts were considered um, creatures from the underworld. So uh, as you, as you know, there's no barely any openly religious connotation in Shakespeare because he was not supposed to talk about religion. Yeah. Uh, other than in in praising words. I mean, there's like a lot of references in it, of course. But uh, even a display, but but in um, in general, he he stays away from the hell and devil and from from uh, and from demons and and ghosts. So the idea that this is a real ghost is 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 um, harder to to. I think harder for would be a harder sell for him than to have him to have a a pretend ghost in place. Who is kind of in 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 at the joke with uh, with Hamlet? Fair. And then also make the play makes more much more sense. No, because why would all these people die at the end? Because it's tragic. That's what we think now. <laughs> yeah, but we it's 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 a joke. Dying is a joke in Shakespeare's time. It was not. It was not a. Right now we're so obsessed. With, especially right now we're so obsessed with our health and and the virus and. And and possible the possibility of of dying when you step outside and pick up a virus, mm. and in those days it was it was an everyday occurrence. People would die everywhere constantly. Yeah, you were much more exposed and, to death. Yeah, so it was more normalized. It was absolutely normalized, and you would go to heaven anyway. So the heaven was a real thing. But Hamlet, the ghost of Hamlet, didn't go to heaven because he was killed whilst before being able to pray. That's all. Uh, he wasn't read his. He wasn't read his last rites. I know it's a Catholic thing. I don't know if they did that in, <laughs> no. in in England. But the wandering souls. That's not. Those are. Yeah. It doesn't. Because it wasn't that no reference in that. First of all, he could not make any Catholic references. It was a Protestant. Yeah. Yeah. And the Protestants are Church very. Protestants do not take uh, uh, kindly to to the, the representation of demons. Uh, even the representation of of of. Uh, biblical characters. You don't see any pictures of of Jesus. Or yeah, they don't have Maria. the uh, stained yeah. glass and the and the statues. No. That, uh, okay. No. So, in establishing Fortinbras, young Fortinbras, Fortinbras Junior, as the ghost, that does definitely align more with a more. What would be considered modern day dark, comedic, intentions, because the way that I'm picturing it now is. You picture Hamlet, you picture the whole audience walking out of the the theater, like, dreary-eyed and, and, and depressed, you know? Today. Yes, today. Yeah. When, when I go to Shakespeare in the park, <laughs> you know, I'm meant to leave being emotionally touched, you know? Yeah. But you're, you're imagining it as, like, the way that I'm picturing it in your head right now is because the theater was always the, the highbrow people sat in the, the balcony-esque things and the, the us meager people sat on the ground or stood in the pit, right? The groundlings. I ma- yeah. I imagine that pit being full of just drunk, giggling, like, fun-having people, you know? It's like a, a more festive atmosphere. You should, yeah. Laughing it, and, like, a comedy show even. Like no, a imagine a, a sports game. Imagine a, a, a game where at the end, like, at the end of a football game, everybody's drunk. Yeah. That's that's why you're at. So people will get there, drink beer. I mean, 
have a beer. Uh, they're standing there. I mean, they're standing in their own urinal, by the way. There is no bathrooms. Yeah. So they were peeing whenever they wanted to pee. They probably had, you know, there was hookers running around. Nice. All kinds of things going on at the same time. There was constant bad banter back and forth. With the audience and the... And the actors, yeah, of course. So there's a lot of, if you look at the text, there's a lot of uh, room for, for call and repeat. There's a lot of uh, questioning from the audience. And okay. so these... these the, and also, and that's also something that people don't realize. We don't. Act, we didn't act in those days. People did not act. Sure. There are certain. There is like references in literature about you know that that certain actors were able to to touch people's hearts, mm-hmm. but people did not act. Act. They were. Uh, they were. Um, uh, we don't, first of all, we don't know what actually what they did. But we do know that the acting style we have uh, we know now of is it wasn't developed until the early nineteen hundreds when they, yeah, when people like Stanislavski uh, came. Uh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I think to move forward to this, unless there's anything from scene one you really want to sit on. Oh uh, no. Because um, I think the next moment that I find a potential disconnect between the way that we view the play now and the way that you're claiming it to be would be in the second scene. Uh, something that always resonated with me as uh, a more sensitive boy uh, is when Hamlet's still mourning <laughs> his father and his own mother and his now new stepfather, I guess, yeah. are pretty much telling him, like, why are you being so dramatic? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still wearing black. Why must you be so difficult? I don't have the quotes. You know, Claudius saying pretty much man up. Don't be a bitch, you know? Yeah, so Claudius... So th- right now we assume, we assume that he killed... Uh, Hamlet, which is not not yet in the play. No, 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 but in general, okay. nowadays. Yeah, as people who understand the sh- yeah. which is not, you know, if you look at the text closely, you don't. There's no evidence at all that he did it. He, what he does, what he, uh, his only reference is, is a biblical reference between you know Cain uh, uh, and Abel. Cain and Abel. Yeah. So it goes like Cain and Abel are like, is is like a is like an iconic story, like like that, like like two brothers. Two brothers killing each other. And she was like, well, I guess since we are two brothers, I must have been also. Yeah. But that's, what, how he's, that's how he approaches it. He doesn't say anything about th- pouring uh, poison in his ear. No, but the modern reading tells us. Exactly. Yeah, based on the ghost. That's how we interpret it. Yeah, exactly. And based on the play within the play uh, and the reaction of Claudius, you're but, meant to believe. And in the final scene, is there not a confession from Claudius when they're all killing each other? Mm-mm. Never, huh? Okay, so okay, so the King Claudius. I think uh, I'm gonna make uh, so the only thing I wanted to say. <laughs> it's about, your podcast, mate. <laughs> it's true. The only thing I wanted to say about this this his 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 soliloquy. So Hamlet, of Hamlet, our dear brother's death, the memory be green, yeah, and that it's just befitted to bear our hearts in grief and our blah 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 blah. So this is like um, fantastic over the top uh, language. So Shakespeare here is making fun. Not only of the Danes, but also of the of the upper classes, because they, the upper cl- in, the, remember the English language did not exist until like a hundred years before that. So l- language was still a, ga- a toy for them. So they he had fun mm. making making up words, but fun uh, 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 putting them on 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 the, on the paper. So he is he is going over the top with an auspicious and dropping eye, with mirth in funeral and with dirge in marriage. Nobody would speak like that in those days. Nobody. Sure. Uh, people uh, on average had a vocabulary of maybe fifteen hundred words, but because these words are so extreme, they must have been extremely funny. 
funny, but also maybe um, if they have such minimal vocabularies, won't they not fully understand what the guy's saying? It's kind of like he's just talking bullshit. Well, then they would probably, like, if he says, with an auspicious and dropping eye, then he would be like, what's auspicious? Oh, okay, know? yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> just some, <laughs> yeah, some guy from fucking Leeds in the front row. What's fucking auspicious, man? <laughs> auspicious on you, you know? Yeah. And then, Your oh, mom's auspicious. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um... In equal scale, wing the light and dual, and then so in later on in in the during the Victorian times, this was like, oh, this is how we English speak. So this is how we have been speaking for hundreds of years. Mm. We must have been we're the chosen people. We're the people from you know chosen by God to rule the world. That's this based on this bullshit. They were able they were able to 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 uphold this ridiculous empire. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So essentially, this whole classist. Um, structure that the English have had for as long as most history books I've read traces back to is just based off of a, a mockery. In Shakespeare, yeah. yeah. Shakespeare, of course. Shakespeare was not part of the system. He was so where art normally mimics reality, in this case, reality mimicked art. Reality became the mockery of what it was meant to be mocking. Uh, yeah, so he, he basically inadvertently created a standard. Yeah. A language, a standard of language. Um, and he is... Uh, remember, the, the actors in those days, they were the not the underclass, they were the untouchables. They were the lower, lower class. Mm -hmm. They had no rights. They were not supposed to be buried in on, on sacred grounds. You could yeah. kill an actor and would, they would, you would not be reprimanded. You they know were at I mean? peasant level. Below peasant level. Yeah. They were out, they were out like outlaws, literally. Yeah. And so, and, and nowadays, because there's a uh, statue in a church somewhere and there's blah, 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 we think that Shakespeare was part of the upper, upper classes. He was not, by, by far not. He was a, he was a, 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 a rapscallion. He was a... Uh, he was like Bruce Springsteen. No, He was no. a man of the people, you know? Blue collar. Lenny Bruce. Like Lenny Bruce. Lenny Bruce. He got arrested. He was like... Okay. He did that He too. swore on TV and got arrested. Yeah. He so was like, fuck you guys. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and that's what Shakespeare did. But then, but imagine in those days the rule, the 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 rules were much stronger. If you would say bad words, you would be. Well, of course, it's fifth. Yeah. Your sorry. Your your business would be uh, shut down. Yeah, definitely makes sense. So, Hamlet's first real soliloquy then. Oh, the you mean uh, the one. Same same scene. Oh, sorry. Uh, seems but um, which one of this? Near this. Suicide is a sin. I wish suicide wasn't a sin, is essentially what he's saying. Uh, where is that? Same scene. Same scene. Essentially, after Gertrude and Claudius tell him not to be whatever, Claudius goes to party, and I think Hamlet finds himself alone, and he can hear Claudius partying, because student. And, um, oh, here. Oh, that this too solid flesh would melt, thaw, and resolve itself into a dew? Yeah. That one? Or that the everlasting had not fixed his cannon against self-slaughter. Oh, God. Oh, God. So he's just being really melodramatic. Extremely melodramatic. But also his dad died. So, like, let's not, you know. In this circle, we don't fault people for their feelings. We fault them for their actions, you know? In those, you remember, in those days, people don't have feelings. There was no, no, <laughs> okay. That's not a thing, no. Romantic love did not exist. Uh, Bacon. 
uh, who some believe wrote all these plays. Bacon said... Francis Bacon. Yeah. Bacon uh, said, knowledge is power. Huh? Knowledge is power. Yeah. Bacon said, uh, love, that's something that belongs on the stage. That's not something of, of real life. Mm. Love is... So the, the, the whole idea of life, empathy, and, and, and uh, it's all... We all think because it's in the Bible, we've been doing that for many, many, many centuries. But that's all nonsense. We were, you know, half animals in those days. So um, a meager, a few hundred years ago, which in human history is very little time. Yeah. Most, our wide spectrum of modern emotion, you think, wasn't necessarily there. But creativity must have existed. Right? I mean, Shakespeare was there. And there's in creativity. No, there's... No, that's, yeah, of course, but that's creativity is also a word that that it's it's you know of course there was everybody everybody is everybody creates that's not a, that's nothing that's not a, that's not an um, um, um. but also the conventions existed the conventions of love betrayal um, anger jealousy empathy these things must have existed or else Shakespeare wouldn't be able to play off them. I know, but I'm gonna assume that when he's going crazy over Ophelia's death, him and her brother, right? You think they're laughing at him at that point as well? The audience. When he jumps into the, into yeah, the grave, when, of course, yeah, of course. You think that's like the biggest punchline of the whole show? <laughs> <laughs> Just two dumb fucks jumping into a grave, yeah, <laughs> and then literally fighting. Yeah, no, that's I mean toxic masculinity and. <laughs> <laughs> there was, of course, that's a joke. It, it, that's there's no other, there's no, and here you can, nowadays you can be like, oh, this is so. Well, it's presented as like the ultimate like show of love, much like Romeo and Juliet, you know. Well, Romeo and Juliet is also. Well, <laughs> I, I, I understand. Don't get me started. <laughs> that's easy to laugh at it too, but in that case, it's I guess that also. I think you also need to remember how old are these characters supposed to be? Because when you think of a prince now. Or a scholar, you think of someone maybe 26, 27 for Hamlet and Horatio and these guys. It says it's, it's in the play, there's some references. He, so it, it, looks like he's, it looks like he's in his, in his 30s. And that's old. But he, but he acts like he's 12. Yeah. So that's, that, that makes him kind of a doofus, no? A bit of a jester, if you will. A doofus, like, uh, like uh, I'm not going to say the word, but... Like the guy from... Someone uh, who's a little slow. Yeah. And he was, he's like, and also like you watch Rick and Morty, right? Uh, yeah. You know how there's the one Rick? When there's all the Ricks, there's the one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, something like, like that some, one. Something like that. Or some, you know, because, and he's also a little, little chubby, according to his uh, little mother. Yeah. So he's, so he's, he's something, someone people laugh at. Thick king. Huh? He's a thick king. Thick king? Thick. Oh, a thick king. king. Yes. Uh, not yet. But anyway, where's the part about the suicide? I think I had it off, but didn't he not say, I wish, I'm putting it in normal English, I wish suicide was not a sin. Um, let me go through my notes here. Wish suicide wasn't a, sp- a sin, and then he gets all mad at his mom for marrying Claudius. Him speaking to himself. Yeah, yeah. How can, his, how can my mother love my father and now my uncle? And he gets angry at Claudius and his mom, and then that gets angry at all women. Little women bashing from... Uh, Little incel esque woman bashing from from, uh, and then that's when um, Horatio comes to tell Hamlet about the ghost. Uh. And Hamlet agrees to take watch of them, which leads us to the next scene. By the way, where Hamlet meets the ghost for the first time, correct? Or no, Laertes. We're introduced to Laertes and stuff. But nonetheless, um, essentially, Hamlet's just saying, "I wish suicide wasn't a sin because I'd kill myself." Got you. 
which I think was also a, a nice little little one-liner there for the crowd. Yeah, you said uh, um, suicide was not as a dramatic, dramatic an act as it is nowadays. Um, first of all, you, you're not we're not supposed to kill yourself. There was uh, there was a direct pass to hell, so people just didn't do it. And second of all. Um, if you want to get into to to mental health in the in the in the Victoria in in Elizabethan <laughs> times, that's a whole other story. Yeah. But I'm guessing half of the no, no, that's 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 nonsense. But I'm guessing people who were there had some mental issues on the sure. stage, both on the stage as off the stage, as in both in the palaces as outside the palaces. Yeah, kind of like today. Um, I think the next big plot point would be besides the early establishment of Hamlet's Ophelia Laertes relationships. We're now on scene three of Act One. Um I mean if love doesn't exist, according to you, in this period of time, then what's the Ophelia love line for? I mean sex existed. So it's just all lust. Well if you read what it says I mean dude I read the summaries so Oh you read the summaries <laughs> <laughs> um twenty two years old, you know <laughs> So if you read, uh, what's the one? Um, yeah. So if, oh, first of all, the name Ophelia, right? Yes. So Ophelia is not a a uh, a name that it was pulled from 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 the classics. Um, Shakespeare used the word letter O, the sound O. And he, and he does it a lot. He plays with sounds. O is the O is as in, is as an over from opening from a female opening. Okay. And philia, is there's 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 philio is friends, uh, but also, it could be a a um, the mult a a, a um, the multiple of uh, phallus. Mm. Phalli. Oh phalli. Oh, okay. and then if you do if you say that and then you make that into turn it into the feminine form, it's. Ophelia. Yeah, yeah. So she like dick, basically. Yeah, she was a little slut. Yeah. Okay, she was adventurous. But then again, say. we're sex positive here but as well. Not only, not only that, but it's 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 a he, right? Don't forget. Yeah, the guy was playing her. It's a guy playing, and and that people also like um, forget that because that is whether you like it or not. It's it's this funny to see a guy play a woman, yeah. and that's that's even up to a, today. A guy in a dress will always make someone laugh. You know? Yeah, look at um, what's her name, um, um, Tyler Perry. Exactly, Tyler Medea, Perry. Medea, yeah. Medea, yeah, Medea, yeah, dude, a Medea Christmas. <laughs> I would see. I would love to see Medea do like a Medea Hamlet. That'd be awesome. A Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry plays Gertrude. Yeah, Tyler Perry plays every character in Hamlet. I would I'd pay money to see that. Here we go. I know a few. Well, not really but then, but then you get close to what what the initial point was. Yeah, back to the original. It's comedic. So let's yeah. If Hamlet would be now, he would be like a um, uh, the the kid of a filthy rich billionaire who makes money off of, of poor people's uh, uh, sandwich bags. I don't know. Yeah, you know, and you know, falls in love with a dude in a dress. Yeah, who's a bit of a. Well, falls in love. Uh, fall, he, he's just a, he just does, he gets he has to go there. Yeah. Because it's it's the text is very. But she's very also rich. Ophelia. Well, she's <coughs> excuse me. She's also in the in the same hemisphere. Yeah. yeah. Polonius was not. Polonius born. is a, they're supposedly a Polish, uh, nobleman. So he could be a fallen nobleman hanging out at at the, um, at the um, at the castle there. Yeah. 
Anyway, so let's... Um... <laughs> so the... Um... <laughs> I just wanted to give you an example of what I, I mean, that kind of... Uh, so we're going to the where the ghost appears, right? Yeah. So that will be... Scene 4, scene Act five. 1. So scene 5. Scene 5. Another part of the platform, the platform overlooking the sand. Yeah. Um, my hour is almost come when I do so first and tormenting flames must render up myself. This going to, it's going to go to hell. Uh, pity me not, lend thy serious hearing to what I shall unfold. Speak, I am bound to hear. Go, so art thou to revenge when thou shalt hear. So he already, before Hamlet can make any conclusions himself, he already tells them what to do. Yeah. And then wink, wink to the audience. And what? And then he used to say, I am thy father's spirit. Yeah. So he doesn't recognize him. Yeah. But he was apparent, was he not dressed as a king though? The ghost. He's standing right in front of him. Yeah, true. <laughs> I am yet thy father's spirit. So you have to... So this is make-believe. Yeah. Doomed for a certain term to walk the night and for the day confined to fast in fires. So he talks about hell, whatever. Yeah. And then he basically... Um, but I am forbid to tell the secrets of my prison house. I could a tale unfold whose lightest sword would herald thy soul. So he makes it up. He makes it a little bit more... more um, fun to speak, uh, fun to. Um, I mean, this is where the writing comes in. He has, he has a lot of fun writing this kind of stuff, and we don't have sense. <clears throat> so this is like you have to create. Basically, you have to create the environment, the the, the atmosphere with the words. Yeah. You need to rely more on the script, the yeah. text. Uh, and your actors suck too, right? So. If thou ever didst fear thy father's love, revenge is fall and un most unnatural murder. So once again, it's a, it's a little childish. He talks him to him as he's a he talks to him as if he's not really with it. Yeah. And then he and that's <laughs> and that's also one of the you know how we talk about misconceptions. So we think that because people speak like that, they're very smart because they can they speak. Because you have to have all those word, words ready. Yeah, you see it today with and people. That's, and that's true. If you pe there's people out there who have a who have a fantastic vocabulary and they can, sp like uh, Budicic, for instance. Yeah. It's a it's pretty amazing. Yeah. The but guy, this is all great articulation. This is all created. Nobody spoke like that. This is all fake. Yeah. Yeah, fake. But also, still, the articulation must have been <laughs> pretty profound in some way. If we're still reading it now. Well, that's another another good point. So why, first of all, he, if the the the, the it's it's a, it's a joy to read it. It's like a Rembrandt picture. Mm -hmm. If you look at Rembrandt, uh, same thing. If you look at it from up close, it's like what the hell is this? But you look yeah. at it from a distance, you go like, this is awesome. And then also, he didn't paint these things himself. He there's a whole group of people behind him, mm. and that's what we're looking at. You know, we're looking at a at a, at a group group effort. And um, um, and not at a, at a, at the at the at the uh, writings of a, some sort of superior being, you know, true. who has never been surpassed in blah 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 blah. And it's it's just true. There's no one else else has ever done it. Um, but anyway, so we go back to the ghost. I find the apt 
and duller shouldst thou be than the fat weed that roots itself in ease on Nether's wharf. Wouldst thou not stir in this? Now, Hamlet, here, it is given out that sleeping in my orchard, a serpent, a serpent stung me. So the whole air of Denmark is by a forged process of my death wrinkly abused. Thou, but no, thou noble youth, the serpent that did sting their father's life, now wears his crown. Claudius. So he, <laughs> it's that simple. So he puts a snake in his ear. That's going to. <laughs> no, you know, a little venom in the ear. Well, you, uh, does your ear canal connect to your brain? No. I think it does. No. I, th- I think you could poison. Have you ever s- ever seen someone being poisoned by his ear? By his ear. No, but I've never poisoned anyone. I mean, this is like a biblical... I've also never seen someone be poisoned, (laughs) period. Yeah, no, this is like a... Yeah, the serpentine, uh, the the phallic reference of the snake. Phallic reference, (laughs) biblical reference. um, So it's just just basically a... uh, It's bullshit. Yeah. It's a joke. It's a joke. A mockery of stories. So imagine this guy took it to the audience like, oh, the king was lying and I... mm." Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's it's like one of those things where it's almost so exaggerated that it's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, if you, if you think about it, maybe, maybe, maybe he put something else in his ear. But yeah. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> well, that's the level of Shakespeare. What's that? That's the level of thinking we're talking about. So when they say we we push the edge comedically nowadays, right? Yeah. Twenty twenty with our you know with the way comedians work, the way uh, movies are filmed and shit, we're pushing the level. Comedically now, you think like it ain't shit compared to Shakespeare's. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because he's putting snakes and shit. Okay. Snakes and dicks in his ear. And you think this whole nature of Shakespeare is meant to be so exaggerated and absurd that it becomes funny. People had a... Two people. People who are screaming from laughter, I'm sure. Yeah. But that's why he was so famous. Because it was a show, it was a... A fuck it. it was a riot more than if you look at if you read at the if you like for instance take the uh, the, the folio and you, you read the introductions by Johnson and by Holland they are like they start writing their introductions with a smile on their face like well, this guy is dead now but he made us laugh with, he made us cry with laughter yeah and so and again so imagine people people in those days you were first of all you were uh, most of them were Fairly hungry. They were had no privacy. They didn't sleep well. They drank more beer than water. Had no teeth. Had no always intestinal problems. Think about cutting your toenails, wiping your butt. Think about that. If you can't, if you can't do that, what happens? Yeah, I'd last maybe three, four days. So what? Yeah. So, so do you think these people go? Well, I wouldn't wipe my butt, but I would just take a nice hot shower after I. No showers. No bath. No soap. No nothing. Well, I wouldn't cut my nails, but I get a nice little filing tool and I'd file them down. There were no filing tools. Okay, well, you know. There were, I wouldn't shower, but I'd just get for Actually, the there were people that you could uh, rent people who would gnaw of your toenails. Wow. Supposedly. Now that's class. <laughs> yeah. Right there. And I don't want to... Yeah. So the, the, and the, the, the sewage was thrown out on the street. It was disgusting. It was, it was a shithole of all shitholes. Shithole, yeah. And, and then people think you're gonna went to, they went to a theater and everyone was quiet. And they think, oh, to be or not to be... <laughs> you know, no, yeah. no. You think it was like... Uh, well, I mean, you see it now, like, the people who get the least offended and the most, most, who kind of have the most fun and the most jokes and the most things like that are those who come from areas that aren't your pompous place, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the pompous people are the ones that are 
normally people get offended on poor people's behalf when they're not poor themselves. If, if, you know what I mean? It's normally people who are from... Like, Scotland has a better sense of humor than England, I find. Yeah. Because you don't have the London... Or even Manchester compared to London, if mm-hmm. you take for an example. Like, they're funnier up there. And it's more of the... Obviously, Manchester's a great city. It's not a shithole. But it's more of that kind of energy. So I, I'm imagining those kinds of lads um, exaggerated to match the time period. Yeah, exactly. Like the story of Bono, where he would clap every six seconds in the middle of a show in Scotland. And then he would go, every time I clap my hands, some child in Africa dies or something, and some guy in the front row just goes, and stop fucking clapping, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> like that kind yeah, of sense of exactly. Where exactly. it's just mocking, yeah. And the sad thing is that we have lost that whole sense of interaction in the theater. But now we go to the theater, we're supposed to be submissive to the art. And that's, that's a shame. Well, yeah, now it's... it's um, yeah, it's, it, it, it's very hard to find yourself a theater production where you're allowed to be a part of the show or interact with the show in any way, you know? If it's interactive, it's even it's directed. You but if it's if forced interaction isn't fun interaction. No, just, you know. And but the other the other thing is that the audience itself has become um, conditioned, phlegmatic. Well, conditioned, conditioned. They are. Uh, I did a show once where I tried to get the audience to do things and they couldn't do anything. Yeah, because you're told when you get to the theater to sit down 15 minutes before the show starts and sit in your seat and don't take a piss. And if you even fucking nudge someone, they'll be like, shh, you know, the rest of the audience. So it makes sense, but the way that you're describing this, not the world, but the show, sounds a lot more fun, and I think would be a more um, logical... I don't know if it's logical. I think I definitely still could argue that it is a bit uh, sappy and emotional, some of these plays, and especially this one. Like, I think a lot of people today empathize with a character like Hamlet. Well, that's the whole thing. That's, that's, and that shows you, shows you how how life has changed well i'll just say like hamlet is viewed in a lot of ways as dramatic maybe um sensitive maybe misunderstood also clever he's viewed as i thought oh no 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 he's viewed as clever don't think in your own point of view think of the way it's viewed traditionally he's pretending to be mad to uh distract people (laughs) he's fucking doing this doing that so from a like a modern interpretation is that he's a clever guy who's using his creative uh like i guess social skills to like manipulate people into doing what he wants whereas and he's seen as like emotional and and misunderstood i think that's a, a character a lot of people would understand in nice in most of modern history yeah but the funny thing is that we can identify with that no no the funny thing is that that there was that the reason why that is is that because a lot of clever people tried to figure out hamlet and they came up with the idea of what he feigned his man so i'm looking about uh, the book of at of uh, john dover who uh responded to a guy uh whose name is what's his name uh he responded to um Responded to... I should have... Greg, Mr. Greg. So Greg uh, and, and Dover, they are the... F- they are the... F- oh, should we take a break? Sure. <laughs> okay, so we're... Uh, let's see.
Okay, we're, I think we're running. Um, so here's one. I, I just want to... <clears throat> where, where, where? Okay. You'd like to backtrack a little bit. I think we were in the second act. Oh, no, we were talking about... Um, oh, but, but, no, no, here we go. Remember that the ghost comes back. Uh, on a few occasions. And therefore, a stranger gives it welcome, and then the ghost beneath silence off states, Swear that you know aught of me, this not to do, so crease and mercy at your most need help you. Swear. And then this ghost goes, Swear. And then the ghost goes like, Rest, rest. Perturbed spirits, and then everybody's swearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's funny too. Because yeah. <laughs> they're all just swearing. <laughs> no, the only thing I, I okay. think the the funniest the funniest scene is the one that uh, has been. Um, is Ophelia. Ophelia herself or her funeral? It's, it's, um, Is it when she's singing? But she's talking to her, to her father and she says, um, ask if uh, Hamlet in lo- is in love with her. So again, love is, 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 is not love we, don't, we do nowadays. No, love is... It's lust. It's a weakness in those days. Like, ah, he's a love sucker. <laughs> These days too, am I right, guys? So, <laughs> but it's... it's <laughs> no. but We're women, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, but um, <laughs> so that's but the, so this she is says, funny to you. This is funny to you. So Polonius said, "Mad for their love," and Ophelia says, "My lord, I do not know, but truly I do fear it." And then Polonius asks, um, "What said he?" And then, uh, <laughs> so then he says, "Then Ophelia says, he says, he took me by the wrist and held me hard." Huh. Then goes. To the length of all his arm. So these are all like... The length of all his arm. Yeah, this is all, <laughs> this is all like phall- phallic references. Ah! The wrist, heart, uh, the length of his arm. Okay, well like... And with this other hand, this over the brow. Mm-hmm. What's the brow? The eyebrow? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, thi- <laughs> you think... He, like- he falls to such perusal on my face. As he would draw it, long state he so, at mm. last. At last, a little shaking of mine arm, and thrice his head this waving up and down. Come on. The head is come waving on, up and down. Come on. I mean, look, dude. Come on. It's a slight immature reading. Totally immature. But that's, we're talking about the 1500s. So you're just saying there's a little sexual innuendo. It's all, or it's, a lot. it's only sex. <laughs> it's only sex. Do you think this was like the Fifty Shades of Grey of... <laughs> no, <laughs> the 1500s. No, this is like um, or like a bad sex comedy. American Pie. Yeah, American Pie. Yeah, no, this is so like, that's a comparison we're making. Shakespeare was the American. This Pie This is of more in your face. This is like totally in your face. Well, American Pie is pretty in your face. That's true. A lot of tits. Yeah, but this is no. But here, there's no, no, no such. No, there's no arousal. Arousal is making fun of it. Yeah, it's nothing to do with getting people like. It's oh, like, oh, it's like a dick joke. It's literally a dick joke. Yeah. But so it's 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 a um, yeah it is a a a, a um, 
They try to stay within the limits of, of the rules. So they're not supposed to say certain words. So innuendo. So there was a censorship at the time. And, but it's all in, yeah, it all comes down to innuendo. And, okay. and then it's, it's, it's all... Uh, <clears throat> Would you say that's the purpose of the uh, uh, Ophelia character? It's just a, not a sexual object, but an object of hum- comic relief for, in, no, in this respect. She's part of it. She's into So she's <laughs> well, with us. She's with the audience. So she makes, <clears throat> so she she's makes making, fun well, of he, his weakness. He is making dick jokes. Yeah, but she... He no, who plays her. He who plays her, yeah. He who plays her making dick, jo- dick jokes about and telling what a doofus Hamlet is that he's so needy that he has to come to Ophelia to get his relief. Yeah. Rather than just fucking yeah. rub one out like a gentleman. You know what I mean? That's, that's um, like a like a like a real man does. Well, if not, if you're a king, you don't have to do that yourself. You know. Yeah, true. But so yeah, does he? Is he in love? Is so what? He's, he's uh, the, it's, she's his favorite customer. You know. That's he like, has a fear of losing her, and it's not uh, motivated by love. You think? It's motivated by. No, uh, that's what that's ugh. what we think now. We think now it's it's all about love, but well, it's, yeah. it's it's um, yeah. There's, there's whole acts. There's about no it. evidence whatsoever. In there's the, a whole in act about him being driven mad by. Oh, I'm so mad about you. And then, like Polonius says as well, he's mad with love. You know, it reminded me of Moulin Rouge. To be honest, the love will drive you mad. As does the jealousy, as does the fear of loss. No, but betrayal. that's so. Moulin Rouge is based on on uh, on uh, it's the greatest movie of all time. La, La Bohème, like Victor Hugo. So that now we're talking about what? the the uh, romantic period. So yeah, that was the time when romantic love became a thing. Which uh, uh, what, 1900s? Early, early 18, no, <coughs> early 1800s. Early 1800s. After yeah. the Napoleonic... La Bohème. That, that whole thing. I know that's a recent song, but... That's uh, Charles of the Vaux. No, that's oh, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's the 60s. <laughs> 60s. No, the, the, the La Bohème, the lifestyle of the... In, the, the, uh, the Discovery of the individual artist. Yeah. Um, the uh, um, I go to the the the, the death of um, Werner, uh, young Werner Nieland. Was his name? Was his name? The that was the first like real uh, exploration of what love could mean to people, and it was the first time people committed suicide on a large scale just because of of betrayal unrequited love interesting so love is a it's i mean yeah it's it's not a it's, it's a novel con it's new yeah do you what's where is the love in the bible um i mean you could argue mother mary and joseph mm. joseph had to put up with some other dude's kid now yeah Where's the love in the... There's no love in the Bible. He's forfeiting, forfeit, forfeiting his, like, better rationale for his love for Mary and the child. No, no, but... Be, what about paternal love? It's called... Yeah, this, this, this love of God, the love is all, of course, <clears throat> and there's uh, yeah, elements God, of altruism. Love but, is everything. But romantic... Lo- there's no romantic... romantic lo- love. No romantic Eros, love in the Bible. Eros. Well, there's a Greek word for it. Eros was... Yeah, but Eros was more like... Uh, uh, Oedipus Dionysian uh, uh, love what about lust. Oedipus is that all lust Oedipus well if from a, Oedipus was in love no he didn't he was in love with his mom he killed He killed his dad and he <laughs> wanted to fuck his mom had sex with his mom <laughs> 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 he 
Yeah, you should watch that movie, Freud. It's, it, it's an interesting, on, on Netflix, it's yeah. an interesting take on it. Anyway. <clears throat> okay, so the Hamlet though. So Ophelia, you find to be comically... Well, the whole play is a comedy. But I know, Ophelia but I mean, like, she's like contributing the, to your uh, research question. Absolutely. Or your hypothesis. Yeah, because she's, she, it's, that's all... If you play it right, it's, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah, but if you play it like she's a she's a, she's a hurt woman who has to so, deal with this spoiled little king, that uh, I think her for like her most famous scene uh, as a character is her kind of singing in her madness through the hallways, and then uh, when Laertes comes back from France after her dad's died, she's singing Ophelia. She's yeah. going crazy, and she's singing about how she's lost her dad and she's lost her Hamlet because he gets banished now for killing Polonius, and then. By by yeah, but yeah. it was also a joke, the killing someone by accident. Yeah, through come a on, tapestry. that's a f- that's like cartoon uh, cartoon humor. Rat weasel, yeah, yeah. And then um, I think that's what her she's known for is like being that crazy. But I was reading about this, and I read about like a um, it's a little off topic, but like a gender studies review of Ophelia, because the way that this was viewed was every character, the the whole point of that to this person's opinion. I wish I could quote them, but I forgot their name. Their whole point was that Hamlet is uh, a show about deception and truth, and everyone's always deceiving someone. And you know, Polonius and um, Claudius are always being political and just trying to keep their power. And Hamlet has his own ad- agenda, and they're all deceiving each other all the time. And it all c- culminates at the end, right? That's one interpretation of this: is an interpretation of reality versus like art, and and, and deception versus reality. And the one exception they made was Ophelia saying that she wasn't deceptive. She was just um, obedient, being a woman of the time. Do you think that that would make sense? Or do you think she is as... Um, <laughs> she's as funny as everyone else. So I think to translate that idea to your notion, she's just as in on the joke as everyone else. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And she's helping to bring him down. But I don't understand. So uh, to, if I understand this correctly... All of the actors are making fun of Hamlet, and Hamlet is meant to represent the bourgeoisie. No, 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 no. Because that's what I don't mean by he's in. On First the of all, he's the he's represent the Danes. The Danes, okay. So all. So they're making. So they're trying. The the the, the, the objective is to. But to you mean the characters are also in on it? Of course. So. Because there's an interaction between the audience, the, the whole idea. Okay, of so the actors and the characters independently are also all in on this joke. And then Hamlet, the actor that plays Hamlet, is also in on it, but the character of Hamlet is the butt of the joke. Yeah, because he is supposed he is the, the the he's the the the, uh, the heir to the to the to the king. So if, yeah. if Hamlet dies, the, the kingdom dies. Yeah, that's the idea. Uh, also, the, um, the, the the one of the most uh, effective dramatic. Um, um, Tools, so to speak, is is the idea of of the the shared secret. So everybody's in on the secret except yeah. for the one character, you know. Yeah. And and that's what's happening here, in my opinion. And and uh, so the whole thing is just set up to to have to to get rid of basically to get rid of the kingdom, the, <coughs> get rid of the, uh, the the royal family of Denmark, and uh, or, or in other words, the the get rid of those those damn billionaires. It's like internet trolling. But back then, right? Um, like everyone is in on this joke except for the one being trolled. 
Yeah, but that, no, that's not true. But, that is sort of, no, but it's, it's got a classist thing going on. Yeah, I think it was just a... a no, because that's it's still a play. It's, still, it's just for fun. Yeah, it's still... Yeah, for sure. So they were like, it's hey, this is this guy is going to play Hamlet. And Hamlet is the king of uh, Denmark. going yeah, to be yeah. the king of Denmark. The heir to the throne. And how would, are we going to get rid of him in an elegant way? No. And then so they've come up with this this scheme to, uh, to, uh, to bring him down eventually. Because he is like... A, but I said, he's a doofus. But in so, doing so, they bring themselves down as well. Uh, no, because the... Um, well, uh, Gertrude dies. Gertrude dies. Uh, Laertes dies. Claudius dies. Claudius dies. dies. Horatia almost dies. Horatia almost dies, yeah. And then, the side, and then it gets talked out of it. But at the end, Fortinbras comes in. Yeah, and he... And it goes so like... So the climax... Merci beaucoup. Yeah, the climax... Or, sorry, not the climax. Just the, the closing is great for your uh, theory. He wins. He gets the crown. The Dan- the Danes get rid. They get rid of the Danes. The Danes get, and also we and the ghosts. We <laughs> as a, a trading people of London, we get rid of the tolls. Mm. So now we uh, because where do what do we get from uh, from Scandinavia? It's all our iron ore, uh, copper ore, all that uh, essential stuff. Yeah, stuff we need. Oil now. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's imagine the the street of Hormuz in Iran was gonna it's gonna uh, charge every ship that goes by million bucks yeah that's gonna raise our or whatever or or, or, or um, gas prices or the equivalent of whatever they were asking yeah that's gonna raise the gas prices we're gonna get pissed at the, and, and and at the same time Iran is building these luscious <laughs> Vatican-esque <laughs> luscious uh, um, um, palace palaces and, and what have you and, and, lo- and laughing at the rest of the world like ha 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 look at how much money we have sure but that's what the Danes did because they they actually were they were well known at the time. Like they bought their tapestries in in France. They built their they bought their furniture in Italy. They've got paintings. I mean, it was they were excessively rich. Yeah, and they apparently sent their kings to France and Denmark or in England rather. They send uh, Hamlet to England and they. Well, that's another them. that's another funny funny uh, side side story. That so he went to Wittenberg for the for the university to go to school. Yeah. Which was not uh, uncommon. It was the I think Wittenberg was that was the one of those Protestant uh, bulwarks, um, and then he <laughs> sent it to England, and I'm sure that was that was also a part of a joke. Some part of a joke. Yeah, because like, what the hell is he gonna do in England? Yeah. <laughs> so I know maybe for the audience, like, oh, let's bowl. We have him. Let's we'll take care of him. We'll take care of him. Yeah. Send then, send him here. See what happens. And then the uh, the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are also kind of interesting, but they were these were actually uh, names of existing families, existing. Um, um, I think those are the two act- names that are based on uh, real people. All the other ones are are made up. Well, I found those two to be just kind of like plot moving act agents. Hey, you go get Hamlet and bring him back here, or you deliver this message to him. I don't know. Yeah, could that's be, how I viewed them. Could be I, that, or that. Maybe they had some friends who needed the part, or something. Yeah, like that. I mean that's also a part of <laughs> the it. name. It's still showbiz, you I, know. I think when I picture the play in a new um, light, there's like four scenes that I find hilarious. Now, one being the one I brought up earlier of them fighting in the funeral uh, in the in the grave. What's it called? The grave plot. Yeah. The 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 dug grave. Uh, yeah. Um, Alas, uh, dear Yorick. Uh, yeah, Laertes and the and Hamlet, and then the second is early on when Hamlet first encounters a ghost and he has to literally chase down the ghost. To me, that's I'm picturing the. Yeah, the Benny Hill music playing over it, and then. 
I mean, we haven't really come to the climax or the falling action, but I think any scene where Claudius is being Claudius or uh, Polonius is being like a little cheeky and kind of like political, if you will, deceptive, like I came to earlier. I'm now picturing it with like a little wink, wink kind of thing, you know, like uh, like a prank show kind of energy. You know, yeah, or like yeah. a magician, right? A magician being like, "Here you go, pick Ta-da. a card," yeah. <laughs> and then like, you know, we all know what the trick is except for you. So yeah, that's the that's the one that I think. But if we just move on to the second half of the play, because we haven't oh. even touched it. You mean the, the 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 players? Yeah, that's funny. The the players are also a big problem for the for the the critics. How so? Uh, well, I was what, co- what? I was. Co- uh, question about that because are the players meant to be kind of playing the role of like the chorus in a greek show where no, they're no, interacting no. in any way or is it more of just like in this specific play no i think it's uh i mean you can the in retrospect in retrospect we we we, we talk about a um about the uh, a play within a play, or yeah. or in Freud, Freud terms, a, a dream within a dream as mm-hmm. as as a sign of a higher truth. Inception. Inception. Exactly. Yeah. Or in Chekhov in the sequel, there's also a play, and it uses he uses the play as an inner truth. Yeah. Um, that's how he that's how he sets it up. But funny thing is that um, he he is trying to be all strategic. Like if you do like this and this, and I look at him and blah blah blah. blah that's how we're gonna re- find out. But they, when they come up, <coughs> when the play starts, uh, the first thing they say is like, "Oh, the king killed the the other king," and blah blah blah. blah and they, they, it's like right in his face. And so, yeah. So they give away the whole plot, basically. Yeah, like <laughs> not to bring this up again, but like Moulin Rouge. Yeah. The first scene of the movie, they tell you exactly what's gonna happen in the film from yeah. that play, thus giving away the plot. Same and idea here. So I think, and, and so if if, so this is a. <laughs> <laughs> Best movie on the planet. So you should look at it as a you should look at it as a comedic uh, a, a comedic scene. If so, Hamlet's excited about the play, and then they they're gonna give away the plot, and then Hamlet goes like, "Oh shit," you know, because he's gonna be like disappointed, bombed out that is that this plan is gonna 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 fail. Yeah, and Claudius is like totally totally clueless because he didn't. I don't, I don't think he killed him. So um, so you're a Claudius sympathizer. You're an Claudius apologist. You're a truther. I'm an apologist. You're a Claudius truther. <laughs> oh, no, I don't think he. Uh, Chemtrails exist. I don't think he was. <laughs> the Earth is flat, and Claudius is innocent. <laughs> Claudius is innocent. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah well, if that makes the, if that makes the Earth the universe flat, yeah, I don't. Um, <laughs> okay. Because I don't. So far, as, I mean, he again. He doesn't really. Um, he has it's trouble trouble with all this. Yeah. And so he is kind of the. Um, he kind of he's also kind of the butt of the joke in a way. Claudius, yeah, I think in the normal interpret or like the mainstream interpretation, he's the well, obviously he's the villain, but I don't know if that makes him the butt of the joke. Yeah, he's always presented as the, the as the villain, but I think like if you look at it from a, like a commedia perspective, commedia arte, then he would be the. The doctor, and he would—he's the—he's the guy with the heavy, with the difficult words and with the with the speeches and and. Yeah, so he's the the mockery. He's the satire. No, he's the he's the guy who who presents the jokes. He presents yeah. The, the 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 he's the strict guy, the, the straight guy. Yeah. And then. Um, the foil. 
And yeah, and Gertrude is the the, the, the a little bit out, out of out of the uh, kind of loopy. Yeah, Trudy is a bit like uh, I picture Trudy as kind of like a, a housewife that you know starts drinking her wine at like eleven in the morning. You know, <laughs> one of those women <laughs> picking her kids up from school. Like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, you're running, and then she drinks wine. Like, it's seven in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. That's how I picture. Her. So anyway, so this uh, let's go to the the thing that makes Hamlet Hamlet is that that's the soliloquy, which is like the biggest thing every actor can do in his career. Yeah, it's the, like the, the vagina monologue, but for men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But to be or not to. So you have to. I think. I mean, that I'm, is the question. Yeah, but you should do it in a Danish accent. What? Well, first to, of all, <laughs> no. <laughs> to be or not to be, not is the question. <laughs> I don't even think that's a good Danish accent. I know. That's not even English. Oh. <laughs> like Norseman, the Norseman version. That's Norwegian. That's <laughs> true. Well, it's the same, you know. <clears throat> I think it'd be like to be or not to be. That's the question. Be very like almost German sounding. Yeah, but this is like the 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 the, the summit of the English English literature. Yeah. And 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 oh God forbid you have another interpretation. You know what I mean? Yeah, just do a good Danish accent. <laughs> you know, I'm not hating on your interpretation. I'm hating on your terrible, your stupid accent. Okay, this is literally ear vomit. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, because sorry, <laughs> just sucked me. <laughs> and then the funny thing is that afterwards, like like after Freud, people are like, oh, this guy was a genius. He thought about the existence of, of about, about existentialism and this and that. The he inter- was, yeah, he what? was his time four hundred years ahead. He's a freaking. We are all geniuses mm-hmm. because we're English. Because and the whole thing is, it's it's of course it's a, it's not it's just a, a madman. A, a, a rambling, basically. Well, isn't that also more or less? I thought that was more of like a suicidal thing than a than a uh, existential thing. To be or not to be, that is a question. Like to be here or not be here is what I'm pondering at the moment. Hey, audience, can you give me some feedback on that? Maybe that's the way that I could interpret it. You know what? Nobody really knows. Well, of course. That's, but. that's why this play is such an... Because it's an enigma, that's why it has value. Yeah. Because now I can say, well, this is what it means. I'm very important, so listen to me. I have, I'm going to tell so you No one means. thinks you're important. No, I'm just... <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm just... I'm, no, I'm just... I'm, I'm, I'm acting here, sort yeah. of. You, you know what I mean? So... Um, you have to you have to take that thing apart and really really do it from a from a from a person who's not very smart. Well, I think that whole soliloquy has been exhausted in terms totally. of interpretation. I think it's impossible yeah. at this point to even come with it. But I do think it does. I could see that getting a thunderous laugh and round of applause. I think nowadays, but in those no, 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 no. But then as well, no, just from in terms of humor. Yeah, of course, because it's it's it's. I think it's it's funny because it's goofy. Yeah, it's there's something a little um, like ripe with it, you know. Yeah. Like when you eat a banana a little too early, and you're like, well, you know, off is what I meant to come up with. Yeah. So the and also it's 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 think about also think about Elsinore. Remember? Yes. The so cast. to be or not to be, that's the question. 
whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortunes. Mm-hmm. Outrageous fortunes. Very self, uh, self-aware. Very self-reflective. Outrageous. So they, it's about money. It's about mm-hmm. the economy. Yeah. Or to take arms against a sea of troubles. So who are the sea of troubles? Those are the people trying to sneak by. They take up arms against the sea of troubles. Yeah. And by opposing and them, so if you if you, if if you if you shoot them, they're never coming back. So your money dries up. That's a yeah. That's a dilemma. So maybe it's about that. <clears throat> and by sleep to say we end the heartache, so you can fall asleep and let them go by. And the flesh is air too. It's consummation, the value to wish to die, to sleep, to sleep, or chance to dream. But there's oh, there's a rub. For in that sleep of death, what dreams may come when we have shoveled off this mortal coil. So basically, you could you could interpret it as him pondering, um, giving up the uh, tolls at night. But the thing is, is I think the way that we're kind of discussing this is Shakespeare has pretty much made this a mockery and a joke of a play, and it's funny. Yeah. But it's politically based, right? It's grounded but, in some sort of political, maybe not even an ideology or an agenda, business. but it's, a reality. It's about a business. So is this possibly, and oftentimes in political comedies and specials and shit like that, there is a moment where the writer or the artist or the actors get preachy. Do you think this might be Shakespeare's preachy moment? Oh, Hey, I'm going to make fun of this for 95% of this, but for 5%, you're going to have to sit through my little preachiness. Could this be him being preachy? Uh, preachy. No, I, th- <clears throat> I don't know if there's... I don't think uh, preachy is the right word. I do think uh, maybe reflective mm. or... or um, So I think it's more a moment where like it's it's more gloating actually like like I am I'm still the king of Denmark and, yeah. and you guys are not so I'm still getting your money and so kind of double downing yeah so we have this if we say to be not to be we we'll automatically down. think of a certain person in, in depression ah, we need to be yeah to kill goods and whatever you considering their life and and their worth and yeah. things like this you see oh, the young Obi Wan Kenobi <laughs> but it is um, it's basically about business. You know, yeah. you guys are here to give me money. Come here, and so, <laughs> that's, 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 it just circles back to more money. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's very. I think it's it's fairly uh, primitive. Uh, it must have been a very primitive society. It was about sex, food, uh, violence, money. It was a very very simple world in those days. And the whole thing, the whole reason why I'm kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm of course I'm I'm. I'm a little bit extreme in my opinions, but the whole reason why this is uh, in, in Shakespeare nowadays is so absurd is because of the fact that they give us an, an, an impression that in those days people would actually, what I said before, would speak like this and understand all these texts. And, and they wouldn't. No way. No. No, I think that's not a wicked um, leap for you to make. <clears throat> I think with a bit of kind of context, I think that makes sense. Um... I think the to close the play because I think that's a little is a little run out. But to close the play, who was the actor that played Hamlet in the film? I always forget which film. The most recent or the most famous one I watched in high school. Mel Gibson. I think it was Mel Gibson, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mel Gibson, and uh, there was also one. With, I want to uh, say John, um, Dennis. Uh, no, there was also one. Who was fucking Rain Man? 
Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. I thought it was him, but maybe I'm confusing him from Mel Gibson. Dustin Hoffman was Death of a Salesman. I know. But that uh, one I know. Maybe he, he probably played Hamlet in the theater at some point. Yeah. But um, um. I mean, it doesn't really matter. But I always because when people think of Hamlet, they think of to be or not to be, and they also think of this last scene and get thee to a nunnery. Yeah. But they consider this last scene, the fencing, the... the oh, the fighting scene? The lock the doors, you know what I mean? That whole kind of energy. And it's made into a very kind of suspenseful, build rising action, build tension, and then everyone's dead, and we're all crying now. That's the way it's built up. Yeah, but it's... So you have to imagine... And there's another thing people have forgotten about. The set definitely wasn't very nicely built. There was no set, but duh, yeah. but 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 they did have certain special effects. So back in the uh, late Middle Ages, they did these passion plays, and they would show... What's a passion play? They would sh- A passion play is basically... Uh, they play scenes from the Bible. Mm. and it, it, Oh, like the Passion of the Christ. No, no. Because when I heard passion play, I immediately thought, like, sex show. Oh, no, no. <laughs> passion play? Passion. No, they had these plays where there they, they were the stations. They, they did the... Um, um, basically, they, they took parts of the Bible and so Adam and Eve and Moses and what have you and it would end with the apocalypse. Okay. And they would build something which was called the, uh, the mouth of hell. The mouth of hell. The mouth of hell. And they would have a, have a, try to make it as authentic as possible and they believed so there was fire, there were body parts, was blood running, all that stuff. So that's... I'm and I'm I'm I haven't found the evidence yet, but I'm one hundred percent sure that they did it in the theater as well. So people would so the, the the fight scenes were very elaborate because it's fun to watch, choreographed well and very well choreographed. And then if they would cut someone open, there would be blood running and, yeah. and pick organs falling out yeah. and stuff like that. So it would be like a bloody scene at the end. Okay, and people were like yeah, you know, just said like they, they cut up his they cut his arm off, his arm would fall, you know, his fake arm would fall off, and it was blood. Kind of like out. Monty Python. But a little bit better, maybe. Yeah, Monty Python. Yeah, there would be like a Monty, they Python. Monty Python. Yeah, they just they dress up. They put the stuff underneath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so do you view this last scene then as kind of like giving the? I picture this last scene as like a Tarantino movie ending, or you get that satisfaction you've been looking for. You know, like you're built up to hate. Oh, uh, take th- take like uh, Django, Django Unchanged, right? You're built up to hate these plantation owners and these slave owners. So what does Tarantino give you at the end? You get to literally watch them get like brutally massacred. Same with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You hate these Charlie Manson family kids. So what happens at the end? The most violent way to kill these kids. That's the way that I view this. Like you're literally kind of taught to laugh at these people and kind of hate them, even though they're out on the joke. These fucking Danish people, and then at the end they all die. Catharsis. Catharsis is the word I was looking for. Exactly. They're all dead. And guess what? Denmark's gone. Now Norway's got the. Got and then the, the guy comes in who played the ghost and goes like. Yeah, exactly. Dunkerschön. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peace has restored. Yeah, and he just cops the crown, probably sits on the throne with like fucking old town. Yeah, so you could you could see this as a as a people's revolution against the uh, evil oppressors. In a yeah, I In guess. A way. Yeah, but we're not giving much context on the Norwegians. I mean, who says they're much better? Norwegians are um, the Norse. Um. I think the the new Norwegians. I think they were just. I think he used them because they were the ones who were at the time closest, and 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 uh, powerful, um, and had powerful armies. Like the Netherlands was not was coming up at the time. Was not as important. Yeah. Um, the Swedes. 
it was also these were not you know these were not huge huge countries at the time like Denmark was really running this part of Europe Denmark was uh, De- Denmark uh, no Denmark was not they weren't again these were uh, um, or can I ask a new question oh okay so don't think it contributed much no, I think it's important that Denmark is um, the whole the whole thing was that Denmark did not rule Europe, and that's why it's such an anomaly to have that one gigantic castle there. <laughs> okay. Because of that opportunity opportunity they had. <laughs> if you press record, I'm just gonna go on this rant. Huh? <laughs> you press record, I'm just gonna be like, you know, what's really interesting is Denmark wasn't even running Europe. <laughs> I already pushed it. Oh damn it! I was gonna take credit for it. Um. Yeah. Denmark wasn't running shit, as I know, being a scholar, <laughs> being a scholar of history and Shakespeare and uh, all this stuff. I think um, I think it's interesting to bring this up because I think Shakespeare has become very unattractive to people for the very reasons that you're disarming, if you will. That's what I think is like the most utility you can gain from this hypothesis of yours. Ah, all right. What? Well, thank you. <laughs> I mean, there's like a hundred plot holes I can poke, but... Yeah, there's no plot... What do you mean plot holes? Like, I don't know. No, the, I, no, the only thing I want to... Is, I just want to give an... I, want to, I just want to show an alternative universe. Yeah, that makes sense. And I also think that... Um, and the, my biggest bout with history is that... We look back in time through like a tiny peephole, and mm. the tiny peephole is offered to us by the elites, literally. Like the, we only know the, the only pictures we have are pictures of the elite. The only texts we have are texts created by the elites. So all the other people who have never, who couldn't read or write, they and have ceased to uh, exist uh, without li- li- leaving anything behind. Those stories stories are all gone, but it doesn't mean they weren't there. Yeah. So Shakespeare beat the system. So Shakespeare, I think we should. Um, there's this. But I. So how I see it, there's this, and I, I look up the name of the painting. There's a Dutch painting, and you see a uh, a mirror, and the mirror, or okay, or, or, or a crystal ball, mm. is uh, reflecting, the uh, city of Amsterdam. So you see the painting of a, I don't know, I think it's a person. Yeah. But you can, if you look at that ball or the mirror, you see a reflection and then you can see into the city like it really was. Yeah. And that, I mean, we have to make up what we see, but the whole idea of like looking through a play into a society is what I want to accomplish. So an offering alternative universe or an alternative interpretation you're pretty much saying like we understand history to be X because we've been taught X, but using since you can't rely on textbooks for this, using the art forms and things, we can come up with interpretation Y and that is most likely also contributing to what a, what the real truth is. Well, there's no real truth. But that's what I mean. If you truth, could find a real truth. But we have, but this, this, is discarded is the truth of the people. Yeah. We have to give Shakespeare back to the people. And Shakespeare was one of the people. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't a upper class, um, look down on others type of guy. No, but that's another discussion for another time. So next next time we're going to talk about 
Othello. Othello. So start reading. Yeah, I haven't read that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think I went once. I think you brought me to Othello a couple times as a kid. But That's I true. That is true. I don't think I ever read it. All right. Thank you for listening. This was Cheers. Brainwashed with Gerald and Toby. Yay. <laughs>